Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. My guest today is Christina Sindrich. Before we get to Christina, a few announcements. First and foremost, our website is TravelTalesPodcast.com. You can go there and see photos of our guests. You can see links to their social media. You can see stories that some of the guests have written. You can see stories that I've written. You can see links to our social media, which is, of course, Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. There's links to our Facebook page, and there's also links to Stitcher Radio and Apple Podcasts, where you can subscribe to the show for free, as always. And I ask, as always, if you would please give us a good rating there, because that boosts our presence and helps more people find the show. Would you like to write me? Maybe you know somebody who'd be good for the show. Maybe you yourself would be good for the show. Who knows? Maybe you just want to say nice things. You can write me at TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That is TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. I am recording this the same day I recorded the interview with Christina. It is April 9th. I am under lockdown here in Los Angeles, in Santa Monica to be exact. This is a Zoom interview, and there's no other way to do interviews now, so hey, deal with it. If there's any kind of audio hits and uh, little glitches, well, hey, that's life. Would I have loved to have met Christina in person and done the interview that way? Absolutely. But for the foreseeable future, as of April 9th when I'm recording this, nobody knows when we can leave our houses. Nobody knows when we can go to other people's houses and possibly do interviews face-to-face. I just want to be able to walk to the end of the street go to a restaurant, sit down, order a drink with friends, and be a normal adult human being. And then I'll work on travel after that. And boy, do I want to travel. And I know you guys do too. So while we're all sitting here locked down in our homes, we can at least dream of faraway places. And Christina Sindrich has been to many faraway places. She worked in TV as a journalist. She came to Hollywood, worked as an actress, found herself as a TV host, then all of a sudden began hosting and producing a lot of travel content. She'll be talking about a lot of the shows she's hosted for various outlets, Global Passport, Private Islands, Culinary Escapes, Behind the Gates. The more I talked to her, the more TV shows she kept naming that she worked on and hosted. It was pretty amazing. But if you yourself want to see all things Christina, you can go to ChristinaSindrich.com, C-I-N-D-R-I-C-H. And until you can go look her up, I think you should listen to this interview. Hopefully one day we could meet in person But until that day, I'll have our conversation. Please enjoy my talk with Christina Sindrich. Give us the uh, shows that you host now and where where people can see you. So right now I'm uh, producing a show called Global Passport, and it's airing on the network AWE which is an international cable network that airs in the U.S., Caribbean, and parts of Asia, reaches about 30 million homes, very loyal audience. Um, We're on DirecTV, AT&T UVerse, Verizon, AT&T TV Now, Apple TV, Roku. And how long have you been doing that? Is this part of the interview? Yeah. Oh. (laughs) 
Um, I've been doing this forever. I, I <laughs> would it make it would it would it change your answer if you uh, if, no. if it wasn't part of the interview? <laughs> I actually I started at this network in 2010, and I was there from 2010 to 2015. It was based in San Diego. It was a nine to five job, more like an eight to five job, and um, basically I would create travel shows and. Also, produce, I would produce them, host them, write them, offline edit. So I'm pretty much a one-woman team. I go out on the road with one camera guy, come back, write the show, and then I give it to an editor. I left the network in 2015 and moved back to L.A. to freelance and worked on numerous travel shows at that time. And then I brought this new show, Global Passport, back to my old network because I really... I love the audience from that network. They're just very loyal, still watch all of my reruns. And um, the show that I used to do was called Private Islands. That was a big hit for many years. It still is. They still re-air them all the time. Private Islands? Like <laughs> yeah, that sounds awful. Private <laughs> Islands. It was terrible. Let me imagine it. Uh, you in a bikini in beautiful uh, places around the world. That was exactly what it was. That's a winning combination in any network. In every country... <laughs> There's a show like that. Remember, remember Wild On? Remember that on E? Oh yeah, exactly. It was it was compared to that a couple of times, and every time we'd have that that good bikini shot, it, it shot. It was all about the ratings. Oh, absolutely. Sweeps <laughs> week. Here's a new bikini. Although times have changed, and you know, I'm getting older. So fortunately, in Global Passport, I'm fully clothed in <laughs> no jackets and boots and all that good stuff. Where were you living when you were doing the Island Show? In San Diego. So the network okay. is based in San Diego. Gotcha. Was your background in uh, journalism and, and uh, TV or were you an actor or how, where, where did you come from? I came from Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh Pennsylvania, go Steelers. Yeah, sure. Yes. Pomoni uh, Brothers. What's, what's the uh, Pramani Brothers? What's the sandwich? Pramani Brothers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I had with that. They, they put the fries in the sandwich. Oh, yeah. It's, it's deadly. I ate one uh, 10 years ago. I think it's still in my stomach. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I came out in, in the year 2000. I went to Loyola Marymount, got a degree in communications, and then I was an actress. So I really only spent one year on campus, moved out to Hollywood, did the whole acting thing for about eight years, had some success with it, uh, small parts on big shows and movies. And then in 2009, I just wanted a change. So I applied for a position for a news anchor in North Carolina, in the mountains of North Carolina, in a small town called Boone. Wow. And sure enough, I got the job. So, so you moved from LA to Boone? Yeah, it was a scene out of a movie. And it was <laughs> big fish in a small pond. I had a convenience store in a Walmart and was there for eight months and really paid my dues. It was a, I was working seven days a week. I would set up my tripod, record the news on the side of the road. And I did the sports, the weather, and the news. And it was a life-changing experience. At the time, it was hell. Sure. I just it was going through blizzards and ice storms. And it was tough. Yeah. And um but, big dating, I, big dating pool over there too. Oh my god! Well, my legs were so hairy. I just was like, <laughs> screw it. At this point, <laughs> I, gained, I gained twelve pounds, and no one could see what I was wearing. So I'd wear like my my news anchor top, and then on the bottom is basically what I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sweats. 
So uh, I decided in, in 2010, March 2010, I went home to Pittsburgh for an event. My parents were like, you need to get out of there. This is just a piece of my spirit had been just crushed. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up applying for this job out in San Diego and fortunately got it. And it was at a lifestyle TV network. So I was kind of push right into the into travel TV at that point. What was your travel background before that? Were you a big traveler or did you have you been a lot of places before that? I'm very fortunate that as a child my parents brought my brother and I to very exotic trips around the world when we were kids. We started out going to what was Yugoslavia at the time in 1989 because I'm Croatian. Oh. So we went, yeah, and I was able to visit some of my family in Zagreb and it was crazy because it was one of the first times really being exposed to a new culture and I would see them like I I remember this visual of them cutting the heads of a chicken off and this blood <laughs> everywhere. And I was like, where am I? Um, so we did that. I went to the small village of Medjugorje, which is where the Virgin Mary has appeared and gives messages to the visitors, which was just magical. And uh, we also did a trip to China, climbed the Great Wall of China, saw Mao Zedong's preserved body, which as a kid was super wild to see. Wow. That. Yeah. No, you're, going to, you're going to all these places really before they opened up. I mean, what um, was your, were your parents and that kind of like a business that could, that traveled a lot or were they no. were just, they were just adventurous? I have no idea. My dad played in the NFL. What? And, Hold on. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. For the Steelers? <laughs> he played for the Patriots and the Oilers. No way. What was his yeah. name? Ralph Sindrich. Ralph. And, yeah. And he's been a sports agent for over 30 years. No way. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's amazing. Ralph Sindrich. Yeah. He's, he's the man. He's okay. very cool. The OG. Yeah. Right. So uh, being Croatian, are you... Uh, two inches taller than you should be? Because everybody's tall over there. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> How I tall mean, are you? I'm 5'7". Well, I'm also Italian. I have one grandma that was oh, okay. from Sicily. And yeah, so... Tiny, I, tiny little grandma? Um, no. Okay. All right. Because <laughs> I've been well, to Croatia. Like, yeah, I've been to Croatia like five times. And it's just like every time I'm there, I'm going, you know, I'm six feet tall and I feel short there. It's just like everybody's tall. Yeah, I guess tall they're tall. People. There's some good basketball players. Yeah, yeah, they're good. They're really good. Yeah. So was your name in Croatian ends in C, but they ang- you know they made it end in a CH here? Yes. When my grandparents came over, they added the H. Yeah. Not to confuse everyone. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love Croatia. I've been, I've been there. So I've been there five times. I love it. Wow. I, I still, I haven't been back um, since 1989, since it's been You're Croatia. Kidding. No. Well, it, you would, you would be amazed how much it's changed. It's, yeah, um, well, it's a gigantic tourist hotspot now but um yeah it's been found out believe me it's been really sure. found out yes. did you make it in other parts of the then yugoslavia did you go to serbia or any of those parts well medjugorje i believe is in serbia oh okay a small village in serbia but we went to dubrovnik sure and zagreb and belgrade definitely so. serbia yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you realize how at the time when it was happening, going to places like China, that uh, how unique that was? I mean, did any of your friends, I'm sure it was a big deal for them to go to Florida and you're going to China. Yeah, we grew up going to Cape May, New Jersey. There, he, there somehow, we go. 
yeah, and somehow then we were in the Red Square in Moscow and I was <laughs> the Lenin Mausoleum in fifth grade. <laughs> Maybe your dad was scouting new talent there. Who Maybe. knows? Oh, you know what? That's true. He actually had a wrestler that he was representing at the time. Uh-huh. It was a Russian wrestler. Yep. So there yeah, that, that's why we did go to Russia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, you went to Russia too. Yes. Yeah. We went to Russia. We did uh, a mud spa resort in Sardinia. Um, we really went on some crazy trips because I think then my mom knew that my brother and I weren't going to go off on our own. It was like the ultimate family bonding at a young age. (laughs) (laughs) Did you remember, um, speaking with the locals or meeting any of them? Yes. We had a guide that took us to the museums in St. Petersburg in Russia. And I for sure remember her. I remember her as having terrible BO. (laughs) <laughs> and <laughs> and she always would say, you see? And that's still something that like my mom and I will still say to each other to this day. You see? And it's just from this woman that was our guide. <laughs> this is still the Soviet era. So, you know, deodorant didn't really make its way through the, the Iron Curtain at that point. Has it now? <laughs> yeah. <they're- laughs> Okay, they just uh, now there's a price on our heads and uh, from Putin. Okay, so you get back. Was staying in Pittsburgh ever in your mind, or you were like, "I'm out of here as soon as I can leave"? No, I was always trying to get out. I mean, I have a, I have an enormous amount of Pittsburgh pride. I'm very proud to be from there, to be an East Coaster, to have an East Coast work ethic. I um, am very proud of that, but I could not wait to get to California and start my career in the entertainment industry. Yeah. <laughs> I was, by the time I was a senior in high school, well, first I was like skipping a lot of classes, but I also was doing half days. So I would go to school for the first half of the day and the second half I'd go downtown to, and as the Pittsburgh day, downtown yeah. to, uh, <laughs> to take musical theater classes. So I did. Oh, yeah. a lot of jazz hands there. A lot of jazz hands. <laughs> <laughs> so when you came back to LA and uh, after the, from San Diego, so you've got all this footage of you on beautiful islands. San Diego is a nice place. Did you consider staying there? At the time, I didn't really appreciate it as much as I do now. I have family that's, that are there. But I was just working. When I'm in this zone, I don't really have time for anything else. So I just would go to work, go to the gym, go home. Right. So when you came back, was making your own travel show the the goal, or was it? Were you back to auditioning, or what was the what was the plan? Yeah, I did what year was that? Everything. It was 2015. Okay. So I came back thinking it was going to be a little easier, and it wasn't. So I went through that transition year, which was really tough because it was kind of like I quit my job to move back up to LA. And here I am with some awards and some accolades and cannot find a job for the life of me. And that's part of the journey. And that's, that's something I really appreciate now. And um, I knew it at the time too, but you still have to give your mind some kind of relief knowing things are going to be okay. And so, yeah, I wanted to create my own travel show. I I got a manager. I ended up working. I did a travel channel show. I did um, my own production. I I created a show with another woman. It was like a girlfriend's getaway that we did for Forbes.com. And then we also got picked up for a travel show. So we filmed 10 episodes around the world. And that was fun. Um, What was that called? 
Culinary Escapes. Culinary Escapes with you don't, and who? And who? Yeah, don't ask what happened with it. It ended up being a bit of a disaster. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what were some of the, but so it sounds like it's food based. It was food based. And the thing that's amazing is that neither of us liked food. What? We both were so concerned about eating, eating too much. And we would have notes <laughs> at the time. Like that was cool because I had a full team where I'm used to doing all the work myself yeah. for that production. I we had a story producer. We had somebody organizing our footage. We had a whole post-production team. We would constantly be getting notes from our story producer. Like guys, you have to fill your plates. Like nobody wants to see a food show with your tiny bites on the yeah. plate. And like going back through the footage, it's hilarious because there's only so many times you can be like, mm, this is, this tastes really yeah. good. You should have <laughs> had me host that with you. I would have, I would have eaten sure. everything. Everything. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have a sophisticated palate. I, I just, oh. I like good food, but I'm not going to talk about like how honey and cheese pair well together. So why was the uh, food the idea? Why was the, that the pitch? If, you I think the it. distribution, they wanted, they needed a culinary show okay. and we kind of got thrown into it, but it was fun because sure. it was still like a girlfriend's getaway. And then we made it five star. It was super luxury. And we basically ate our way around the world. What were some of the, the best places? Wow. For that show? Yeah. Well, Italy, of course. Sure. Did we you did go to Thailand, Thailand too? We didn't for that one. Oh. No, but I just did Thailand for Global Passport. I was there this past November. Okay. And that was incredible. I had been before. So I feel like Thailand, the reason why I went is because I did a run in Southeast Asia. So I went to Cambodia in September, which was on my bucket list. I filmed a show there. And then I did Thailand because I wanted to go back and visit a ethical elephant sanctuary. I had gone in 2012 and visited the zoo in Phuket, it, which was a nightmare. And I still had to put it in the show at the time. And I'm still haunted by that experience because the tigers were chained. And it really was, it was a different era in 2012. We weren't as, like we didn't know enough about animal experiences and how they were treated. And I mean, I guess it was right in front of my eyes, but at the time I was more of like, Oh, this is cool. This is a tiger. Yeah. Um, but I, mean, I, I did that in Thailand myself. I mean, I rode an elephant right. and at the time you don't think like, Oh, this is, you know, this is what the elephants do. And then you realize, hey, no, no, they're usually beaten to, <laughs> to, sure. to learn how to do that. So yeah. no, nah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ride one now. Exactly. And so I felt like I needed to go back because the network still airs that episode from 2012 often. Mm. And so I get a lot of comments from people on social media. And so I really wanted to just film a new episode. I was able to get into Elephant Nature Park, which is tough to get into. They really don't allow a lot of media there. And interviewed the owner, Lek, who is just magical. She's like the, the queen of the kingdom there. And it was it was bucket list. It was amazing. And this is outside of Phuket? This was outside of Chiang Mai. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, but so, yeah, so that was my Southeast Asia. And then I did, and then I went to Vietnam after Thailand. Love Vietnam. Oh, it was so cool. And the thing that was, that was great was that I never take trips where I'm not working. And I was able to do this one. So I just went for a weekend and had my best friend come with me. A and weekend? Just a weekend. That's it? 
we, so here's the thing. We didn't know that you needed a visa before oh, arriving yeah. into Vietnam. So we missed a whole day sitting in Chiang Mai airport, had to do the rush visa. We then had to fly back through Bang- Bangkok airport and missed our direct flight from Chiang Mai. So that's something, if anybody's listening and you guys want to go to Vietnam, get the visa in advance. No one told us that. So Yeah. I've made that mistake in uh, India. Uh, well, like, oh, but gosh. I realized it like a week before I was about to leave. And I was like, I wonder if I need a visa. Oh, I do. And then I had to rush it and like pay hundreds of dollars to get expedited visa. You know, I got it. But um, yeah, look these things up. And yeah. that goes for Brazil too out there, people. I heard it took me months to get my visas for India, but we were filming. So oh, yeah, yeah, that's a different yeah. thing. Oh, it took a long time. Where'd yeah. you go? In India? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I did a two week tour starting in New Delhi and then went down to Agra and then Jaipur, Udaipur, yes. Ahmedabad, and then all the way down to Mumbai and then to Goa. And then I stayed an extra week in Goa at the beach. So wow. it was three weeks in all. Yeah. Did oh, you do eat? Did you, were you shooting there for food or just for islands? No, that was, uh, that I, at the time I was able to do other shows as well at the network when I was doing private islands. So I did a show in, in Venice on the Venice carnival, Lovely. which was incredible. And then I did this show in India. It was basically with Kensington tours and we did all of Rajasthan. So Jaipur oh. did the floating palace. Yes. It's, we worked with Taj Hotels in it. So it was basically just staying in these gorgeous... Five-star. Yeah, that's beautiful. But I, mean, I, did not, India, I did not have that same experience. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, there's <laughs> no way that you could get me to go to India and not do that. Like, I, I would be way too concerned for my safety. Yeah, it's... Um, you know, the, I, I found that out. There's, there's no real, like, mid-range hotels. Right. You know, you're either spending, you know, for the five-star and it's gorgeous and amazing... Or it's, you know, rough. There's nothing like yes. There's nothing like a Ramada, you know, for seventy five bucks a night. You can do. You're either in it or you're out. In your way out. Did you get sick there? I did. I didn't. No. Oh wow! You avoid that. See, you don't eat. That's why. Right. Well, I ate at the hotel <laughs> house. I did get sick. I got sick in Thailand my first trip in Phuket. Oh, no. Um, but I think it was either because I was taking like a bath, basically in elephant poop water. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I, I'm very adventurous. I eat like, I hate eating the bugs, obviously, but I do it for the show because it's super entertaining. Yeah. Um, so I, I did it there. And then I had the 24-hour bug later oh. in the week. Gotcha. So, yeah. And then I got sick once in Africa that lasted again for a day. Where in Africa did you go? So the first time I went to Africa, I had a show called The Girl in Heels. And Wait a minute. That, this is a, now this is the first we've heard of that one. So how many no, shows have no, you I've, got? I've done many shows. <laughs> uh, yeah. Jeez. Now we got, yeah. we got an eating show. We have the uh, beaches. Now we have The Girl in Heels. What is this yes, one about? The, the girl in heels, this was years ago. This was between 2010 and 2013. And this was like a, um, what was that woman that was like the show Tracy Takes On? Okay. 
something. But so it was basically me in uncomfortable situations or stepping out of my comfort zone. So like one of the episodes I learned roller derby. Um, <laughs> which was really badass with these women. And then in another one, I filmed the Indy 500 and I went in the race car with Mario Andretti, which wow. was insane. And then I did, I trained to become a safari guide in Kruger Park. And oh. so, yeah, so this was, this was one of the coolest experiences. And I really stayed in the tent. And um, it basically when we got there, my cameraman ended up joining me in my tent because there was like no yeah, way. Yeah, he did. We were not going to uh, be together. Right. <laughs> I, got, I got red flags all over this guy. <laughs> it was way too scary. I mean, when you're sleeping <laughs> and you hear hyenas outside your tent at night and, you know, like the size of just the ants are ginormous. Oh, yeah. I camped so. in, um, in the Serengeti in Tanzania and oh, wow. we got out and hyenas, somebody had left their like toiletry bag outside the tent and these hyenas just came and just ravaged it, man. They, you know, they could smell any kind of perfumes or anything, you know, they'll smell that from a mile away and they, they just took it and we found pieces of it. <laughs> all just scattered all around and they just Crazy. tore it apart. They're ruthless. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're everywhere. And then, and then I did a private islands episode in Zambia. Oh, and so that was pretty amazing. And we had hippos everywhere cause we were right along the river. Yeah, I just did uh, Victoria Falls last summer. Oh, isn't that the best? Did you swim at the edge of the Devil's Pool? No, it was um, it was too much water at that time. It was the oh. it was the coming off the wet season, so there was too much water, and it was you know you could get swept over. <laughs> you got to do that in the low water season. So that was I was really of, bummed about that, but yeah, it's such an adrenaline rush. And then I rode a microlight flight over the falls. Okay, I did the uh, helicopter. Yeah, it's really cool, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's amazing. I stayed on the Zimbabwe side. Did you go to Chobe? Oh, no. Botswana? Okay. So that, um, like, to be in the water there with all the hippos and the alligators, insane. Or were they crocodiles? Uh, they'd be crocodiles there. Yeah. What, would, uh, what did you learn as a, as a safari guide, and did you have any animal encounters? Oh, yes. So I had the best guide. His name is Graham. He's wild. And we're still friends on Facebook. Mm -hmm. He had me walking up to a, a male lion. Like we parked the car. It was just us, the three of us. And we got out and he literally, he wanted the lion to charge us because he, he knew that the lion, I guess they don't attack immediately. They kind of warn you. So they'll come up, but then they, they stay back a little bit. Whereas a leopard will just jump right on your neck. So, um, you know, learned how to approach cheetah as they were eating a wildebeest where you walk zigzagged. Yeah. So because, in, yeah. So, you know, all those little things, survival, we faked it for the show. I mean, at one point they had me staying out in a tent, like a small made up tent. And I was like, hell no, I'm not <laughs> sleeping out here. So we kind of set the scene for that, but it was amazing. <laughs> and are those shows still running anywhere? They're probably still on the network on AWE. I'm AWE. Sure okay. Every blue moon. Yeah. All right. Gosh. So are, are there other shows that you haven't told us about yet? <laughs> I'm sure there are. Um, I've, got, I've done. Well, the, the, it's, a, it's a lifestyle network that I worked yeah. at five years. So they, it's everything, yachts, um, planes, private plane shows. I did a, a show called Behind the Gates, which were just amazing houses. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this was all down when you were in San Diego? 
Okay. It sounds like a tough job to leave. Yeah, it, it was. It was. And, and not only that, but like, it's enough that I could travel to Vietnam and be on Halong Bay and a couple will come up and say, we're huge fans of the show, where basically every time I travel, I meet at least one couple who watch the show. And then to have that kind of feedback and know that the people that watch the shows actually travel to the places that I show them. So like I'll, I'll have people say they went to Tonga Basie in Zambia on their honeymoon because they saw it on private islands. And so that's really rewarding to be able to do that. Okay, so as a uh, beach and island expert, um, I know this is hard, but give me in no particular order your top five favorite beaches. Oh, wow. Well, Cayman Islands, Seven Mile Beach is mm-hmm. comes to mind immediately. There's no seaweed. It's bath water. Um, what's the one in Florida in Sarasota? Oh, like around Clearwater or Siesta Key or... Siesta um, Key. Isn't that one? That's like one of the cleanest beaches I've ever seen too. It was white, fine sand. Um, best beaches. I don't know. Oh, I went to Palau. Okay. And- I, I'm a diver, so that's uh, oh, high wow. on my list. Oh, you haven't been? No, it's not easy to get to. I, I, I dove in the Philippines and I was close. Mm-hmm. And I dove in Australia and uh, Vietnam actually in Thailand, but I haven't made it to Palau. It's like south of the Philippines. It's out there. I mean, it's not an easy way to, that's one of the reasons why it's still nice. Yeah. That it's hard to get to. You can go through Guam or you go through Manila, I guess. Okay. I've done, I also love the Philippines. El Nido, Palawan is one of my favorite places on earth. Um, But Palau is so untouched in the rock islands and swimming in jellyfish lake. Oh, you did the jellyfish lake. Oh, yeah. I really want to do that. Oh, I've talked I to a couple people out here who've done it. Did they reopen it? I don't know. I think they closed it this year for some reason. I because of people? Too many people. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, blame Instagram. Exactly. Well, you could blame me. I'm one of the... You, you know, ruined it. You I killed know. it before I got there. <laughs> the thing that's interesting is when I started traveling and really doing travel shows, social media wasn't a thing then. So like when I went to Rajasthan, I really wish I had the right camera equipment. I mean, we were filming for the video, but back then it wasn't about getting photo content as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, believe me, I you know, during this lockdown, I've been going through old photo albums, which is, you know, showing my age. But, you know, when you just didn't have a million shots, I did six weeks, my first trip ever, you know, after college, backpacking through Europe. And in my mind, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to go through a thousand photos. It really wasn't that many. You had to really choose what, you know, when you're shooting in a film camera, like what you were going to shoot. And I had very few photos of, of myself for one, I mean, there was no selfies. There was no <laughs> right. None maybe of that we, existed. yeah, maybe we gave our camera to a third party, and you know, for them. sure. And that was it, you know. So there's only like a handful of photos that I'm even in. Um, yeah, it was just like Barcelona, three photos, three. <laughs> it was just like okay, well, right. And uh, you realize just the content of just how many uh, photos you have to go through now to if, if you take a weekend somewhere. Oh and, yeah, and also we didn't think of, you know, all the photos were for us, you know, and for myself. They weren't for broadcast, you know. I guess so. We didn't think of like going there and creating content. We just want to have an experience. So I don't, 
I don't know if it's a, if it's an improvement. I really I don't. The obsession is real now, huh? <laughs> yeah. No, I just. Um, well, that was always been my one of my fears of, you know, doing this and and traveling professionally. I mean, it's it's what I love to do, and it's always something I did. But when it becomes your job, it becomes work. You know, I was afraid of burning it out on myself. You know, and a lot of travel bloggers and writers and um, sometimes hit a wall. You know, you're on your fifth airport of the week and there's a delay and you've been gone 40 weeks of the year and you're going, I don't know if I love travel as much as I did. You know, I I didn't want to take that joy away and have it become a job. How do you balance it without getting burned out? Well, you go in quarantine. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. They're forcing you to stay at home right right now. now. Yeah. Uh, It's hard. I mean, I have to come back and write my shows and then do pre-production for the next set. So I have to come home. I was in many continents in the fall and winter. I was nonstop. I went to Cambodia, Thailand, Vietnam, and then um, Mexico, Morocco, Ecuador. And and then it was Christmas. And then um, just got back from Finland about a month ago. And it's tough. Like at least now I'm forced to be here and kind of, I needed this reset because I was, I was tired. Do you do your own editing as well? Or do you hire that out to others? Yeah. So I do, I do the offline edit. So I, I pull all my sound bites. I pick all of the music, lay it all out on the timeline, record my voiceovers, put them into the timeline. I basically do the, all the hard skeletal edit. And then I, have an editor that I use. And they clean it up and polish it and exactly. add all the graphics and exactly. mix it. and all. Okay, got yeah. it. From shooting it, from the travel and shooting it to when it airs, how, what's the time delay usually? Well, Morocco just premiered two days ago. And, and this is April 9th when we're recording this. So right. when so did you shoot it? I started planning that in July of 2019. Okay, so when did it shoot? We shot in November. Okay, so I still haven't been to Morocco, so it's high on my list. <laughs> There's a ringing endorsement. You can see my face. Okay, the, uh, so I, I did hear Marrakesh can be very touristy and crowded. It's, so, it's super cool. You have to go at least once to experience the culture. Sure. It's so exotic. And, um, but as a female... Yeah. A young mm-hmm. female, I would not recommend definitely not going solo travel. Right. Uh, you have to have a guide. I mean, I couldn't leave my Riyadh by myself. We couldn't even go just me and my cameraman. We had to have a local with us. So as far as feeling safe, definitely did not feel it there. Um, maybe outside of Marrakesh, like when you're in the desert. Sure. You know, did you go to yeah. Chef Chowan? Chef Chowan? I did. I did. We made the trek there. It was it was awesome. I, I saw the blue city in India as well. Okay. Uh, but Chef Chowan was super unique. And there's all these theories about why it's the blue city. And like some people say it was because of mosquitoes. And they only did it because some people started painting their stairs. And then they noticed that they brought tourists in to take pictures. And then they just kept painting and painting and painting. <laughs> So, well, that's not a good story. It's not. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was great. I actually, I felt very safe there. So, okay. and I went to Fez, which was very cool. I saw where they make the leather. 
Um, and did you yeah. go down to the, the beaches there? Did you go to Esawaria? I didn't. We didn't okay. have time. And it was cold. I, I packed like I was going to be wearing these cute sundresses. And we got there and it was really, really cold. I had to do an emergency shopping trip. Right. Well, I'd rather have it be cold there than be boiling hot. Oh, for sure. Because I was coming back from Africa in, in June and I was like, well, I, I had some time to, you know, I had about a week there where I could see somewhere else in Africa. And that's when I went down to Victoria Falls and stuff. But then I was like, okay, I still haven't been to Egypt or Morocco. But then I started checking the temperatures in late June. And I was like, nah, pass. (laughs) I'd rather wear a a sweater than have it be 110 degrees. Morocco's, it's really dusty. Yeah. So, you know, at the end of the day, first of all, do not wear nice shoes if you go there. Your (laughs) shoes are going to go, they're going to turn the color of dust. For sure. Right. And then, like when you get back at the end of the day and you blow your nose, you'll probably have dust come out. It's like that. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So did you uh, go to the Galapagos when you were in Ecuador? I didn't. And what? I, I what'd, you, what'd you go for? Why did you go? Well, I worked with the keto tourism on okay. this particular shoot, which was really nice to have somebody help me really plan the itinerary. And... Um, so I, I really wanted to do Galapagos. When I was there, I almost extended the trip, but the costs are like $400 a flight to get there, which wasn't, yeah. you know, it wouldn't have been a big thing, but we ended up doing Moshpi, which is one of National Geographic's unique lodges of the world. And who knew that Nat Geo had their own set of hotels, you know, oh, under, yeah, it's amazing. So it has to fit a certain criteria as far as um, sustainability, the food, and nature experiences. And this place was in the middle of the cloud forest and was just, it was on a whole different level. Well, surely the keto people could have hooked up some kind of Galapagos you know, connection. Yeah. They were ready. They ha- um, I, once I was there and on the ground, they said, do you want to go? But then Christmas was a week later. And so I'll go back and do specifically. I wasn't packed appropriate either because keto is really nice. Like you can wear nice clothes there, leather jackets. It has, <laughs> you know, it's like, but it wouldn't be what you would wear to the Galapagos. So I wasn't packed properly. And I take my packing very seriously. That's something I I probably start weeks in advance. Well, yeah, if you're going to be on camera, you have to think about it a little more. But uh, okay, next time you go, if you go to the Galapagos, I'm going and then I'll hold the camera for you. (laughs) And I'll be on this crew because I've been trying to hook that up for a while. Have you been to Columbia? uh, Excuse me? Have you been to Columbia? I just, that was the last trip I took. Uh, So I got off a ship. I was working in... um, in where the hell was I? Became not ABC Curacao. I was in Curacao, and then uh, instead of coming straight back to LA, I just flew to uh, Medellin or Medellin, as they say. And so that was my first trip to Colombia. So I spent a week in Medellin and loved it. It's very cool. Yeah, yeah. You shot there for a show. I did. I went with my family last year. That show is actually called Wellness Vacation. It hasn't aired. <laughs> oh my God. Now we're on like eight shows. <laughs> I'm a very busy woman. Yes, you are. So Wellness Vacation. What is that? Yeah, so that one we went and I, my parents and I all got stem cells at a place called BioAccelerator, which is the leading stem cell facility in South America, pretty much in the world. So if anyone's interested in getting stem cells, it's the future of medicine it is an absolute game changer. My mom has Crohn's disease, and nine months later, she's in remission. Wow. 
Yeah. And, and then, what did you get it for? I got it for the um, rejuvenation. So basically, I was kind of the guinea pig on uh, for hair. They put it in my scalp and then in my face. And it's basically just putting in fresh new cells. My hair has grown so much since we went. I Every time I go to my hair guy, we're, we he shows me the amount of hair growth is amazing. So, you know, if people are balding, if you get extensions, any of that, this is the natural way. And actually, by the time it's all over, you'd probably save a lot of money if you just go and get this done. All it's right. Easy, but it yeah, works. Well, I'm starting to think, you know, as soon as you said hair loss, you know, as, as a man, you, you, <laughs> your ears perk, perk up. And erectile dysfunction. Yeah, I wasn't going to say that. That was too easy of a joke. <laughs> I let that go by. Um, so tell me about this other show. What is this? Wellness? Wellness? Vacation. Yeah, so that was kind of a special. That was a one-off. I haven't sold the show yet, so I'm just figuring out the right network for that and the right audience. Would love to have it go to AWE, but I'm still kind of keeping the options open. It was a passion project of mine, and I just feel like it could help a lot of people. Just from me putting a couple social media posts, I've probably had eight people already go and get major stem cell treatments. So um, it's, it really is amazing for autoimmune diseases, sports injuries, so many different things. So is there is a fear of safety? And uh, also, I mean, is this, um, I know you said it was expensive, but can you like, not to be specific, but can you ballpark it <laughs> for oh, most people? For prices? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think everything in... in Colombia is cheaper than what it would be here. Well, everything's cheaper than what we pay for healthcare, yeah. especially for medical treatment. So in Colombia, like there's plastic surgery uh, everywhere. You know? Oh yeah. And it, I think it was because Escobar and his crew back in the day, they say it's like they like their women to look look a certain way. And they do. And they do. Oh, they do. <laughs> and they do. <laughs> There's nothing like walking walking down one of the aisles in the mall, in those four-story malls, and, and it's just curves for days. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I hated it. It was awful. I'm sure you hated it. <laughs> it was terrible. Okay. Um, but prices, uh, I don't know. I can't really. I, they, they can go through. I have a I have a link that can get them right into a free consultation with the, the doctors there and they can get a, um, a consultation and a quote. So, I mean, but you would probably what you would pay here for. Like Botox or something? Uh, no, like if somebody wanted to get, I don't even know, a boob job. Oh, okay. If they're yeah. like eight to $10,000 here, it's probably 3000 there. I mean, like the yeah. cost is significantly cheaper, but that's for stem cells though. We're talking about something totally different yeah, is, yeah. is um, anywhere from probably five to 25,000. Right. Depending. I met a guy on, on a ship that uh, he had gotten his uh, veneers, his teeth yeah. done they there. Had, they had and one. It, yeah. And he did the whole thing. His teeth look great. But uh, he did the whole thing for like $5,000, whereas uh, he said he lived in, in South Florida, but he said to get it done there would have been like 2000 a tooth wow. per tooth or something. And this was like five dollars $6,000 for, for the whole mouth That's in, in Medellin, actually, is where he got it done. Right. Yeah. In the stem cell building, they have... They have um, a, a tooth doctor. Yeah, Croatia is now uh, 
actually medical tourism has become a new thing there. It's wow. uh, it's booming. And apparently Istanbul for hair transplants. I've learned that doing this show as well. Interesting. Yeah. That's on my list for season two of Global Passport. Istanbul? Yes. Yeah, you've never been? No, I haven't. So I actually just got renewed for season two, the beginning of March. Congratulations. So on, thank you. I was on this major high, was making plans to move temporarily to Rome end of August. Virus. I know. And then like all of this shit hit and then it's just, <laughs> I just, you know, now I'm kind of just waiting, but I'm, I'm still very hopeful that that the fall that I can still do Europe because I wanted to shoot about five different shows in Europe and just be based there and live there and kind of just experience the culture. And I have nothing holding me back here right now. So I was really excited about that. And I'm hoping that that could still happen. I don't know. What do you think by, by August, September? You know, I mean, it's, it's hard to say until uh, I'm starting to think unless there is some actual vaccine, uh, everybody's not going to be completely comfortable. Right. Certainly, uh, you know, I, I, I was actually online checking flights just for fun because <laughs> it's what I do and I, I can't stop. And um, yeah, the deals are amazing, but whether anything's going to go and when you get there, what's going to be open, you know, whether it's hotels or um, even Airbnbs or do you trust Airbnbs? Do you trust restaurants? Do you trust a lot? You know, so it's going to... Uh, I'm hopeful. I have. A, I still have a ticket for like New York planned in October. I haven't canceled yet, but um, I don't know. I think this year is going to be tough all around, and and I'm sure they'll welcome anybody that comes. But then, if you fly there, will you have to be quarantined for two weeks first? Will you be allowed back in? You know, especially in Italy, will will this country make you quarantine coming back, or will they let you back? I don't. These are all the questions that we're all dealing with. And I don't, I wish I had an answer, but uh, you know, I'm, I want to be hopeful because, you know, I can't wait to leave just, you know, even just going around this country, you know, I, there's a lot of places I'd like to go. And, um, you know, I canceled a trip to Japan mm. that I was supposed to leave, uh, this Sunday <sighs> and it's, it's tough. You know, I want to get back there. They told me I could reschedule it, but nobody knows for when. And finally, eventually I just put the miles back in my account and Right. And hopefully I can, I can do it. I would love to go with this year, um, but I'm wary, you know. Well, the problem is by the time we're safe to travel, it's going to be winter. Yeah, and this could come back around again. That's well, the other yeah, thing. Well, yeah, that and who wants to travel to certain places in the middle of Yeah. Winter? So we're missing the most beautiful seasons, spring and fall. Yeah. Well, hopefully not fall, but. Hopefully not fall, but um, no, I'm with you. I, I don't know. And those of us in the travel business, it's um it's weird times and do you find since this has happened um whether viewership or anything is for your travel shows has gone up or down i had a great response this week to i had two premieres monday and tuesday thailand and morocco and i think a lot of people were they were home so they were able to watch the show so i had a wonderful response from that i have noticed see for my social media it's not my number one source for work, right? You know, for, for income or for anything. So I kind of, when, when this all hit, I took a break. I just, 
I don't know. I just kind of needed to disconnect a little bit and reset. And so I haven't been really active on there the past couple of weeks. But then once I had these premieres coming up, I started posting and I did notice numbers are down. And so I'm not sure. I don't even know the algorithm now, but you know, I don't, I also don't know like if people really want to see that much travel content. I haven't asked my audience, but I've seen people ask like, do you guys still want to see this? Or do you want to see what I'm doing at home? Or, and at the end of the day, like I'd love to stay engaged with my audience, but I also love to disconnect whenever I want to. So it's kind of, it is what it is. I'm, I'm, I don't over, I don't look at it too much or, you know, stress about it. Yeah. It's one of these weird things where I'm, I'm, I'm doing these, you know, quarantine era, uh, interviews that are still being, you know, but I still have a backlog of older episodes that I recorded beforehand. And I, I've already posted online and, and things like that, but I almost like, do I have to take them off and, and put like a, uh, a disclaimer in the front right, and say, yeah. just so you know, this was recorded. The reason yeah. we don't bring up the quarantine is because uh, this was recorded back in, you know, uh, late February. You know, well, so I don't, I don't yeah. know what to do. I mean, you, do you put like that little disclaimer before your videos and going shot? Uh, For sure. Whatever. Right. I mean, just because it's like, it's how can they not be talking that. about she's yeah, hugging yeah. that uh, person? Can they, that's not social distancing. What's happening right. there? Right. Well, it's going to get, you know, I think we're already at that point where we need to now adjust yeah. and live accordingly and that we need that escape right now. Okay. Well, what, uh, you owe me two more beaches on your top five. Oh, two more beaches. Oh, I said El Nido, Palau. Um, oh, well, La Thaula Island in Fiji. That's not exactly okay. the beach, but that is the most incredible island I've ever been to. La Fala. Lathala. That's the one that has the glass pool that's out of the ground. It's this very long pool. At one point it was kind of it was kind of like the spot on Instagram. This was years ago. But not a lot of people have been there. It's um it was owned by Malcolm Forbes. Oh. And it's basically a billionaire playground. And it's <laughs> ridiculous. There they have their staff to guess ratio. I'm forgetting the exact number, but it's like 30 to one. It's something ridiculous. And uh, that was probably the most, the most immaculate place I've ever seen, but not so immaculate that you wouldn't feel comfortable walking in with sand on your feet. It was barefoot luxury. And so that, that's that one. And then, gosh, one more. Well, hmm. I mean, I love the Caribbean. Okay. Let's leave it at that. That's plenty. That's plenty. <laughs> did you get to stay at that resort? I did. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it was so amazing. How many nights? We usually film four days. So I think I was there for five days and we were the only ones on the island. Oh my God. Yeah, they have it so that there's you really feel like you have the whole place to yourself. And then the GM and I, the former GM and I are still friends. The sales and marketing head, we're still friends. And then the former head chef, they've all gone to new places and we're all still close. It was just a, really a special experience. Yeah, I am ready to be crew on this, <laughs> this whole thing. All right, let's do it. Okay, give me your worst uh, filming experience. Hmm. nightmare nightmare okay how about the the trip to get there okay Uh, flying from lax to to dubai 
I was filming in the Maldives. So we had to stop over in Dubai. Uh, someone had a heart attack on the flight. So we had to make a stop in Canada. And I just remember my cameraman at the time, he came up to me and he's like, Hey, and I like took off my eye mask. I was like, are we there? He's like, no, we're in Canada. I was like, what? And we were on that plane for 21 hours. Oh, That was tough. And then on the reverse trip, I was in Dubai airport. Have you ever been there? Uh, I've been through it for like, you know, a few hours. That's it. It's like, it's such a cool airport. And so it was like have, a mall, right? It's, it's, it's like it's, a mall and they have these pods. So I went in one of those sleeping pods and rented that for six hours. And then I, they had like these at the time they had these, like these candies, like gummies that you could scoop and put into a little bag, like what you'd see at the mall. And so I got some biggest mistake ever. By the time I landed in San Francisco, my ankles were so swollen. I could not, I couldn't put my shoes on. And I literally was trying to get off the plane in San Francisco, like with just walking on the edge of my shoes. And so from that point on, I never, like I'm super cautious what I'll eat at the airport. And then I never travel without compression socks. That's like my go-to travel product. What was in the gummies? Why, why would that cause? I don't know. Maybe the sugar or water retention. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> trying Maybe to picture you and your balloon feet like oh, walking. I, I have a photo of it. I was it was <laughs> nuts. <laughs> oh god. Is there like uh, a country that uh really or a place that was really censoring your video or like hounding you or going, You can't shoot this, you can't do this, you can't do this? Well, Morocco. That yeah. was that was tough to have a camera. They they do not like people with cameras there. And so we had to be extra cautious. Um, where else? I've, I've actually filmed in Trenchtown, Jamaica. Ooh, that's rough. That was rough. <laughs> and I was with some of the, the members of the Marley family. So I had oh, God. soldiers yeah. with me. And I remember walking down the street in Trenchtown and there was, there was trash, like used things on the ground. And it was definitely scary. That was a time where I was like, whoa, this is wild. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, um, where do you see all the uh, like travel media in, in this age, not only post virus, but uh, with social media and everything else, where do you see the travel uh, marketplace and, and business going from here? After post-corona? Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I think that a lot of companies will definitely struggle, those boutique companies. I was in touch with a lot of my PR contacts in the beginning of quarantine because I'm trying to get ahead and plan things. And then all of a sudden now, it seems like nobody is working on future travel. And so um, – I think that the airline industries will definitely make some major changes as far as being extra clean, maybe not booking middle seats. Like they're going to have to social distance for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, who knows? It's, it's, things are going to change. I can't see us going back to how they were before, but I think it'll change for the better. I mean, let's face it, like the silver lining in all of this, the world is more beautiful right now. Yeah. Mother nature needed it. And things were getting uh, overrun, For sure. you know, and we, you and I and everybody else that promotes travel as much as we love it, maybe we have to take a little bit of responsibility 
in it and that some of these places could not handle uh, the, the amount of people that were coming. I mean, if you go back to Dubrovnik, it's, uh, you know, I've been there a handful of times and, you know, there's like four or five ships a day coming into that port and it's just overrunning the old city during the day where you can't move for the crowds, you know, and um, something's got to give after and Venice too. Right. Venice and Barcelona and places like that, they've just been, um, they finally said enough. We can't, we can't handle it. Um, right. And so if that slows that down, maybe that's, that's a good thing. Maybe we got to give the earth a little time to breathe. I feel like we should have a yearly quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> give her a break. Yeah. Yeah. And you catching up on your uh, movies and I've TV. been watching Homeland. Homeland, okay. Yeah, I had never seen it, and I'm. I, I heard it's great. I haven't watched seen it. it? <gasps> no. Oh, it's like it's so good. It's probably my my favorite series. Oh, yeah. Okay. There's too much now. There's too much There's TV. Too much. There's this show called The Goop Lab, which uh, Gwyneth Paltrow produced, mm-hmm. and it's her company. And that every time I watch it, I'm like oh, I wish I was producing this because it's so my style. <laughs> it's a lot of energy healing and they go to Jamaica and do shrooms as a way to cure um, PTSD and like past trauma. And it's fascinating. Every episode is a different topic and it's it's wellness and feel good. Yeah. And it's a good one to watch during during this time too. She has a rough life, that Gwyneth. Terrible. It's awful. It's awful. <laughs> the hardship. The yes. hardship. Um, so I'll ask what uh, I ask every uh, guest at the end. What do you think all this um, travel and all the places you've seen and the people you've met, how has it changed the way you look at the world and people and maybe our country and, and life in general? How has it changed you? Well, it's opened my eyes for sure, just to see how other people live. It's very humbling. Um, just to connect with locals in other countries. I mean, really at the end of the day, we're not all that different. And so that's really nice to feel that connection. And every time I visit a place, I feel like I leave a piece of my heart there. So it's very touching, very special. That's great. Where can, uh, tell us again, your uh, Instagram and everywhere else where people can follow you. Well, during quarantine, I just redid my website. Oh, good. <laughs> Did that, finished that last night. So my Congratulations. Website, thank you. It's christinasindrich.com. But I'm most active on Instagram, Miss Sindrich. And Twitter's Miss Sindrich. Facebook is official Christina Sindrich. That's great. Well, thank you for doing this. I'm glad it's we could finally meet. It's, just, it's actually super refreshing right now to talk about travel. Like I, first of all, I haven't really had a chance to talk to anybody, period, like, you know, about something like this kind of topic. So it just, I feel good. Thank you yes. so much. I'm sorry we had to do it through a screen, but hopefully one day we'll actually meet in person. Yeah. Don't you feel like when you're talking about travel, like you could talk about this for hours and hours and hours? And I do. Yeah. For about uh, eight, <laughs> nine years now. Right. Well, I picked it because you know, as a topic because I never get tired of talking about it. Right. Um, but, you know, sometimes now when people are cooped up and can't travel, they don't want to talk about it because they don't, it just makes it more painful. But hopefully we're giving a little bit of escape. That's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping. 
Absolutely. I'm about to write my Finland episode. This oh, week. wait a minute. We didn't, we didn't even talk about Finland. Yes. Ah, we're <laughs> going to do this after your Finland trip. Okay. Well, really quickly. Mm-hmm. So you were there, you slept, you went for the Northern Lights? I went for the Northern Lights and I saw them. Okay. <laughs> well, you End know, the story. It's not, it's tough to see them. You actually have to search. We drove to the, the Russian border at 1 a.m. and sat out for about four hours. Well, so we got, we left at eight, saw the lights at midnight. It was zero degrees. Um, it, I have never been so cold in my life. I'm going to recommend vodka. There's a reason they drink it. Right. Exactly. I mean, it, it was, it was a different level of cold there. Did you stay in one of those glass igloos or something? I did at a Northern Lights Village, and then I stayed at um, Arctic Tree House and Rova Niemi, which is the the hometown of Santa Claus. Aww. And when you're there, you feel the Christmas spirit year round. <laughs> like Santa does exist, and there are elves that run around that town. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, what is going on? You is saw this- elves. I think you did have the I vodka. Did. I you did. had the vodka, didn't you? I had the vodka. <laughs> yeah. I'm seeing elves, man. Yeah. <laughs> but I absolutely, I recommend Finland. I mean, at this point, when you've traveled so much and I've filmed so many beautiful places, I'm trying to go outside my comfort zone and really find like what hasn't been overdone. I haven't done the gorilla trekking in Rwanda, so dying yeah, to do that. I just did that in the summer. You did. Yeah, oh, that's why I was wow. in Africa. I went there, uh, Rwanda and Uganda. Which which one do you recommend more? Uh, Uganda is about half the price uh, for the permits because the permits are a lot of money and they sell out really quickly. Um, so we did two days in Uganda with two different uh, gorilla families, which uh, if we did that in Rwanda, we probably could have only afforded one day. So I, I recommend doing the the trek in Uganda. I can't. I didn't do the gorillas in Rwanda, so I can't compare them to the ones we saw in Uganda. But Uganda is definitely cheaper. Although Rwanda is uh, amazing, it's beautiful. They're both beautiful countries, but Rwanda is a, is a, it's an amazing story. There, it's remarkably clean, um, cleaner than any African capital in Kigali. You know that that I've seen in in anywhere else. I mean, outside of South Africa, but South Africa, it's like the other Africa. It's like Africa light. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Or Africa white, I should say. (laughs) Um, But you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, you should do it, but book it well in advance. So how close did you get to them? Oh, they would rock right up to you. I'll send you some cool videos. (gasps) Oh, I would love to to walk over our feet. Oh, things. Yeah. You're not supposed to be that close, but if they walk up to you, you know, walk past you, you got to just stand still and, yeah, it was great. It was great. You would love it. Okay. Love it. I don't know if you could film. I don't know if you could film. I have a couple contacts that can help me get some permits, I think. Yeah, that would be a... That, then, you know, I don't know if one country would be better than the other in terms of production. Right. Rwanda seems to have their tourist infrastructure a lot more uh, in place. That's what I was towards. Right. It's really helped bring the country back, but they're much more attuned to it now, which is why the prices are higher. Uganda's a little rougher around the edges. Right, right. Yeah. And then where else did you pair um, that trip with? That's when I went to, uh, afterwards Victoria I went to, Falls. yeah, Victoria Falls. And then I ended up going to uh, Ethiopia Oh, for wow. three days. Yeah. That's so, cool. Yeah. yeah, that see, I'm trying to think outside the box now and kind of hit up 
places that are just, I mean, I always want to do somewhere that has the wow factor, but yeah, something that really is wild. Yeah. Well, we'll talk uh, after. We'll talk right. after I stop the recording. Thanks here. for having me on. No, thank you for doing this. I'm glad you could do it. And uh, I'm sorry it took a, uh, a quarantine for us to finally talk. <laughs> we made it. Yes. Christina Sindrich, everyone. Yeah.